Hello, and welcome to a special NHS Confederation EDI podcast, brought to you by your host, Abig Natfi, the director for the NHS Rate and Health Observatory. Hello, the role of staff networks has never been more important, not just for the workforce and the organisation, but also for patients. They place their trust, healing, and their lives in the hands of healthcare staff. But if staff are unable to give their best because they are unfairly treated, this will ultimately have a negative impact on the organisation and, more importantly, on the quality of care provided to patients. The aim of this podcast is to shed a light on staff networks by finding out from some inspirational leaders what benefits and value they can bring to an organisation. So I am delighted to be joined by some of the Confederation's EDI network representatives, Yvonne Ormston, Chief Executive at Gateshead Health NHS Trust, and from the Health and Care Women Leaders Network, Leila McKay, Director of Policy at NHS Confederation, and from the LGBTQ Plus Leadership Network, and Richard Stubbs, Chief Executive at York's and Humber Allied Health Science Network, and from the BME Leadership Network. If I can start with the first question, and I'll direct this to Yvonne, if that's okay, Yvonne. Um, Yvonne, what are the benefits and value of staff networks, in your opinion? Oh, it's just huge, really. Establishing staff networks within an organisation sends a really strong message across the organisation of the importance of diversity and inclusion, that we're being very intentional about change and that we want to do something about the staff whose experience we know through staff surveys reported um, much poorer. So particularly um, supporting women, uh, staff colleagues from a BME background, LGBTQ plus and disabled people. I've seen networks that come together to support that intersectionality. So I've witnessed networks across the ambulance sector, across the UK. Um, We've established women's networks across the country through the Health and Care Women's Leaders Network. I've seen them established in my own trust and across the northeastern Cumbria. And Typically, they might just start as a a kind of safe space, safe psychological space for people who have had difficult experiences and need to share that, need support. That trust then develops. And I've, you know, I've seen them just really flourish as social movements for change and act as the consciences of the organization. So the benefits are, are huge for individuals, for groups, for organizations. So I really believe in the power of staff networks. They're great to see. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Yvonne. And Richard, how how about yourself? What are your perspectives of staff networks, staff groups, and of course, you know, the benefits that they provide? Thanks, Habib. I mean, obviously, everything that Yvonne just said, um, you know, I'm absolutely in agreement with, and I'm sure we could wax lyrical about a multitude of benefits that staff networks bring. For me, I think, I mean, Yvonne mentioned the term safe space. I think that's where I start. There is something really powerful about having a safe space and then a, a place where you can have a voice and that voice can speak truth to power. I think in the NHS, we are often not very good at, I suppose, you know, sometimes there's a sense of shooting the messenger. I think there's something about staff networks and the ability to have that single voice from um, those communities to leaders who need to hear those messages. As somebody who chairs a network, I would also say, for me, the reverse is often true, which is that 
it's also incredibly both humbling but very powerful to feel like you are representing that community. Often I feel a lot braver knowing that I've got the voice, the collective voice of a network behind me. And that also I think enhances my my courage in sending those messages to the places where they need to be. Thank you, Richard. And Leila, we know that a more supported and engaged workforce leads to better outcomes for patients as a well uh, documented and established uh, relationship. What, in your opinion, is uh, or are the benefits of staff networks? Well, the LGBTQ plus network supported some research that looked into staff networks uh, a little while back, and it found that it could have three main beneficial purposes. And one of those was raising the awareness and visibility of issues that affect the communities within the network, which which is really important. So raising them to other staff, raising them to decision makers. And then there's influencing the organisation, being able to amplify that voice uh, to make sure that people are able to be heard on, on these subjects that they want to prioritise. And the third one is really creating that supportive space and work environment. And I think that, that by doing that, there are all sorts of benefits. When we speak to uh, our members, they talk about the benefits, of course, of peer support, those social connections that are able to be made that, that really help to empower people. We hear that the people who are part of staff networks um, as LGBTQ plus people are more likely to be out in the workplace and be able to work as their authentic selves, which is, of course, really, really important. And the other point being, of course, um, as the others have touched on, being part of a network, it offers you more potential access, access to resources, access to the status to convene the relevant people and to elevate the issues that affect these people to the level of those decision makers. So I think that there's a range of potential benefits there and different people will be looking for different things from their staff networks. But those that are working really well do share with us that they're able to achieve a bit of a combination of those. And I guess, Richard, if I can come to you, given the benefits of staff networks as they've been highlighted, why are networks needed now more than ever before? Yes, I mean, it's a really good question. I mean, I think if you think about where we are now as an NHS in particular, without a doubt, I think everybody agrees that our single biggest challenge is our workforce. And therefore, it's absolutely imperative that we provide that space for staff to talk and work together and have those kind of conversations which leaders need to hear. It's a great place for leaders to go and listen to the concerns of their staff. It's a great place for staff to be able to lift and elevate those concerns to levels where they need to be heard. If we are going to support or if we are going to, I suppose, um, champion this the, the workforce challenge that we face at the moment, staff networks, I think, are an incredible tool for leaders to to engage with and to use as part of the way that they, they hear the message from their organisation. And Yvonne, do you recognise those points as well? Oh, absolutely. And I think um, I would just add, you know, we know that the pandemic has highlighted those inequalities that exist um, that were always there, but we're kind of more sighted on them now. So 
you know, I think it's imperative that given that that focus that we don't lose it. And, you know, I think it's been really important to ensure that networks get good support so that the chairs have time and there are resources there to support those networks. Really kind of um, been impressed with the uh, public health impact um, and the working with um, public health and targeted communities and just remembering that our staff kind of reflect the communities that we're serving. So um, I've seen networks kind of develop from kind of being forces for change within organizations to being forces for change for patients as well and and trying to improve patient experience and we know that um, sections of our communities don't even get to access our services so how can we work better with public health with the knowledge and strength of our staff networks to tackle some of those issues so yes needed more than ever frustratingly slow to make progress in some of these areas which is why we, we just have to keep keep going and keep trying harder yes absolutely and that's very critical particularly during this period that we're in at the moment Leila what are your views around the challenges that the NHS is facing right now and the link with staff networks I would very much echo again what the others have said I was looking at the most recent staff survey results the other day and you know it was really compelling to me to see that in almost every key theme staff who identified as lesbian or gay um, were having a more negative experience across all of those domains and that is clearly of huge importance to Uh, leaders across the NHS. Uh, Once you have that sort of information, then there's the question of of what to do about it. And I think that's often a question that can be addressed locally and staff networks can play a really important part in that. And also, we know that there's a pretty low level of visibility of LGBTQ plus leaders in the NHS. Uh, We've been told that by uh, so many of our members and how it's really important to be able to see yourself in other parts of the organisation, in leadership roles. And what staff networks enable is a bit more of that visibility as well, which can have really positive impacts on people. So I think that just bringing people together is this opportunity for them to have their voice heard. And what we're seeing from the data is that these people who are experiencing inequalities uh, that are coming up in things like the staff survey very much do need to have their voices heard. And this is a potentially really impactful mechanism for them to do that. And Leila, in your experience of being associated with the network, um, Are there any examples of any positive impacts upon either yourself or members of the network? Well, I would say that survey of members that I just mentioned, which was asking about what does inclusive leadership look like, came back with hundreds of responses from across the whole country. And people really highlighted the importance of visibility of senior leaders and because of that I think that both myself and a wide range of the members of the LGBTQ plus leaders network really had our eyes opened a bit as to the impact that we could have and have started to think a bit differently about how to deliver that visibility. I think that that's been a lesson that we've heard from across the system and that lots of people have been really inspired to enact. And I think that there's quite a lot of opportunities for for that sort of learning and then 
you know, those of us who are able to, who, who are privileged to be able to uh, be visible, who are privileged to be able to speak up, we're empowered to do that as well. Yvonne, if I can ask you, um, one of the conditions to that makes a staff network successful is that relationship that the network has with the board of the organisation. In your experience as chief exec of NHS Trusts, uh, have you come across any examples of where that has uh, shown to be successful? Oh, yeah, loads of examples. I think um, the, the most recent one um, I invited, our networks within our trust are, are relatively young. Um, they just started forming at the beginning of the pandemic. But I asked um, the BME network if they would come to the board um, and share their experiences, which is sometimes a difficult ask because you don't want to um, expose them any further to you know some of the pain and trauma that they've already experienced. So some very brave people came to talk to our board. Some of our members didn't feel we had any problems in terms of race within our organisation. By the end of the experience, they had visibly changed, you know, and we, we all recognise the, the power of individual staff and patient stories. And um, wow, just watching people's demeanour completely change and turn around to, we really need to do something about this. It's a really lovely moment to watch and, and, and see that the board will give that collective leadership and own that issue and taking it forward. And it's a really powerful thing. So you can't underestimate the power of those networks in those discussions. And I guess likewise, Richard, uh, as a chief exec in the NHS, what are your experiences of kind of positive impacts of networks, particularly in relationship to the the key aims and aspirations of an organisation? For me, one of the great joys of being part of, particularly the BME Leadership Network, is around the fact that it's also a place of celebration. And it's a place where you can really start to, I think, give traction and provide a platform for members of staff who don't normally, I think, inhabit the spotlight. So I think particularly thinking about our work in the NHS Confederation with the BAME Leadership Network, following on from Black Lives Matters, from, from George Floyd, etc., we spent an awful lot of time thinking about how we can really start to celebrate some really pioneering BAME NHS staff members, those who have gone before us, those who are here now. But really, I think, try and own that space of being the ones who hold those people up for further acclaim. And I think that's particularly true when you think about staff who have really pioneered careers throughout the NHS as people from BAME backgrounds. And it is, pe- it is places like the network who can broadcast those achievements more than most. So we've had some really powerful sessions where we celebrated both the work that's gone on before us and then the work that our staff across the NHS continues to do now. Thank you to everyone who has taken part in this podcast. You have presented inspirational and thoughtful contributions on what is a very crucial subject. We hope this podcast will be a reminder to everyone and encourage everyone to join networks and to get involved. Because if the NHS is truly to achieve its aspiration of better patient care for all, it must improve outcomes for all of its workforce. And as this podcast with these inspirational leaders has highlighted, staff networks will help the NHS to value its people, embrace inclusion and improve patient experience. Thank you for listening.